Perfect so far. Uh, after spending so many years at one team, is it difficult getting used to all the newness and all the different people you're working with, the drive to the new shop and everything like that, or is it just really pretty simple to get used to? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think the, the most challenging thing was uh, just all new people, right? And I think that not only was I new coming in, but because we had so many new people in general, um, like everyone was kind of going through a learning process of, of people's new roles and, and um, you know, who's going to do what. So I think that was the, the most challenging thing. And then in terms of the actual application of being with the team trackside, um, it's been a very seamless transition. And, um, been pretty easy to get to work, you know, or just dealing with, you know, a condensed time frame and, and a growing team. Um, so that's obviously, there are some challenges with that, but ultimately, you know, I think we, we overcame a lot of those initial struggles in, in testing and we feel very optimistic about how the team is going to work. What's the biggest difference in operating model between Andretti and Aaron that you've noticed? It's hard really to say yes immediately because we haven't done a race weekend yet, but like, I think that, you know, there's just a lot of, um, a lot of structure that exists in, in the organization from top to bottom. I'm sure a lot of that comes from, you know, the, the overarching brand of, of McLaren and, and how they go about doing things and, and running a race team. But, um, you know, like like everything, there's, there's pros and cons to, to ways you go about it. You can't run an IndyCar team like an F1 team and, and vice versa. So um, th there are some, some differences, but ultimately, you know, this is a very successful IndyCar team independent of, of anything else. And um, it's been nice to kind of see areas that they are different and, and in some areas better, some areas worse. But, you know, that's part of my role is coming in and being able to influence kind of the direction we're going based on the business. Have the team set up a swear jar in case you say Honda or 27 or Andretti or Auto Nation? Yeah, it's, it's a little annoying this weekend because um, my pit box is right in front of the 27. Oh. So like, I'm just like, please do not drive into that one. By um, so I, that's my only concern. It's pretty easy now to, to think that, you know, I'm in the, the seven car and I'm the Chevy driver and everything. But I'll tell you what, the first time I tweeted like at Team Chevy, like I had to reread it a couple of times because I was like a mile out to, to say this but no, I mean it's been everyone's been super welcoming and um, very very fortunate to be here. My, my last one I at Laguna Seca last year I saw you and the 27 crew all had a dinner at the steakhouse was it difficult to say all the goodbyes knowing what was coming up for the next year or was it all, everything all left on a good note? Oh, everything left on a very positive note, but it was still sad. You know, that, that was part of my family, honestly. And, and, you know, we went through a lot of, you know, great times and difficult times together as a group. And a lot of those uh, boys and girls that were on that car were with me from kind of 2017 all the way through. So um, it was definitely an, a sad weekend. Um, but, you know, I still, I'm still very close with Jeremy and, and Scott and, and, and Colton, obviously. Um, so I still, I'm still in communication with them, so I don't feel like a whole lot's changed away from the racetrack, but certainly here at the track, it's, it's weird to kind of walk past them and have to be now and get better. Okay. Are you changing your approach with the new team? No, same thing. Um, you know, work on executing each, each day we, we have and you know, putting complete race weeks together. You were saying that working with the team and the new team has been really great and so far. How do you see that relationship progressing and even so part of that, how do you see the car progressing as well? Yeah, I mean, I think I think that's kind of 
the answers in that question. Like, I think progress is, is our main goal right now. You know, it's growing the team at the rate that, that they have um, has always was always going to be a challenge, not just from a people standpoint, but just from an application standpoint. Going to an extra full time car is a big deal. So, at the moment, I would say that through testing and everything, time is our worst enemy. But the progress that we've made from the very first day in thermal through Sebring a couple weeks ago has been exponential and so if we can continue making those same steps just as a unit learning to work together and, and building that line of communication um, then I think everything's going to be great it's just it's all very new and fresh at the moment and you just have to like spend time working together to kind of mesh together and, and kind of be on a, a level of communication that's almost subconscious where you kind of know what the other people are thinking um, right now it's still very methodical and kind of thinking through each step but you know we'll get there um, you know, we have a full season in front of us now, so I think every race, if we can continue to make steps forward, then that'd be a great thing. Speaking of new, are there any concerns about the delayed engine formula and that we're just now focusing on the hybrid component? Yeah, I mean, I think, I, I wouldn't say concerned. I think everyone, you know, COVID was a big deal, right? That, that obviously impacted everything globally for, for everyone in every span of life. So I think some of this is obviously a result of that. Um, and so I think we're at a point where we can see kind of the light at the end of the tunnel, but I don't think anyone wanted it to kind of be delayed to the extent that it has. Um, but the other thing is IndyCar didn't want to roll out with something on time that was a disaster, right? So like sometimes it's a part of life to make sure it's it's kind of a seamless transition. It's got to be pushed back a little bit, but I'm happy with what they're doing and the, and the steps that they're taking. And hopefully, you know, 2024 is, is um, you know, we can put it all behind us and, and move into a hybrid era. One last question for you. I know you've had limited time in the car between thermal and your little time, no time here. Yeah. Do you have any predictions for the season and how you think you're going to do? Yeah, I mean, I think the car is the very good. Um, I, there's some areas that there's there's um, some weaknesses, the underlying weaknesses that exist from, from what I was missing, but there's other areas where it's it's incredibly strong. Um, and I think, you know, that's that's been obvious. You know, if you look at kind of Errol McLaren's results over the years, you can kind of pick and choose the tracks that they're very good at and tracks that they are lacking some performance on. So really our our big focus is offseason. Hopefully what I've been able to bring to the table is some some external influence to like elevate the areas where where they've um, maybe not been as strong. So I think, you know, this will be a good test of, of whether that's reality or not this weekend. And obviously Texas they're fantastic and um, so I, I think we're looking to make a big, a big step on street courses this year, and if we're able to do that, I think it'll be very good here. Thank you for your time and good luck. Being around people, people again. Oh yeah, man. It's all good. What differences have you found between the Chevy and the Honda? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, they're very different. It's amazing. Like I was, I kind of didn't really believe that an engine that has the same architecture ultimately could be that different, but they are incredibly different in the way that they. Um, create power and deliver the power and all of the, the programming behind the scenes. Um, it's all it's all different. So there was a little bit of a, a learning curve with that in the beginning, but um, you know the tools that, that GM and Chevy have provided to us to make it kind of customize it to the way that we want um, are, are very good. And obviously, the, the performance and power speaks for itself. And you know they're the defending. Know, driver and manufacturer champions, so there's uh, there's a lot of very very good things that go on.
Yeah. Good. Hi, guys. Good. How are you? Good. How are you? you no, first? no, go ahead. For sure? Yeah, absolutely. All right, cool. Um, so last year, winning the way you did here, winning the way you did in Mid-Ohio, winning the way you did in Portland, what are you going to change this year to make sure that the same result stays the same? Oh, I don't think we need to change too much. I think what we're doing is pretty right, and um, it's just a matter of just you know dotting the I's, crossing the T's, making sure I'm, I'm okay. Like, I, I, the biggest thing for me last year was I just had a little lull in the middle of the season, um, and unfortunately that was when there was double points and whatnot, so uh, that hurt. But uh, ultimately, I think um, we can be right there to contend, and if we if we show up with the same level of uh, you know pace and and uh, you know, preciseness in the team, then we should be okay. We made a large jump from year one to year two. Is a jump from year two to year three as big of a jump, or is it just a little bitty things? It's just fine tuning. I think you know we're right on schedule where I want to be. Um, yeah, I think uh, I, I think we're in a, in a good spot. So it's just a matter of just fine tuning bits and pieces. Like I said, trying to minimize the lull that I have in the middle of the season, um, and that would be great. A lot of people had you predicted for a championship win. Yeah. Do those expectations make you feel better, or is it, it worry you a little bit, or you not pay attention to that stuff? No, I'm sort of a bit arrogant, but like I had that in Australia, you know, I know what the feeling is like to be a favourite and, and and be right at the front. So I feel like it's it's nice. It's been a lot of hard work to get to this point, to be considered even to be you know a favourite or whatnot or winning races. So um, yeah, it's it's a proud moment, obviously. You just you go with it and, and see. Uh, See if we are there or, the, or not, or it's just uh, smoke and mirrors. My last one, uh, I think you went to Australia in the off season, correct? Yeah. Were you able to visit with Gary Rogers and Dick Johnson and chat with them and yeah. spend a couple of days with them? And how was that experience like? It was good. Yeah, I went to Dick Johnson and um, and Gary's uh, and saw them all. It was awesome to catch up with them and and, um, and see them. Gary always texts me uh, about the weekend. She texted me last night, wishing me good luck. So it was awesome. Um, we have a good relationship, and just seeing everyone again was, was great. I was probably in Australia way too long. I was, I was excited to come back to America and hang out. Is Gary going to come to the 500? Uh, he, he was trying to, yeah, yeah. So he was working on it. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's definitely going to try and get over here in the next year or so. Hoping that to happen. Oh, yeah, it'd be awesome. It'd be awesome. When you're talking about the lull in the middle of the season, what changes are you making in order to counteract that? Yeah, I think I just got to a point where I was trying to overdo like what I needed to do. Like, I didn't just take the races that came I sort of tried to uh, I'm running eighth I have to finish fifth you know and I, I just overstepped the mark and made mistakes happened at uh, Indy when we're in a good spot we got a lot of points happened at uh, Detroit went down the escape road and ruined our race so um, those two races really killed me and then after that we were really strong from that point I think we had an average finish of like three so I think like we're once it all clicked and it's just sometimes you got to go through hard spots to go okay well this is what we do and don't do so it was a good thing good learning are there certain practices or skills that you're implementing or working with certain trainers or people in order to avoid things like that uh no i, I definitely work hard on my mental side with a, a lady that i've worked with for many years i um, even my supercars days and then um uh i've got uh you know my trainer i've just started training at another training facility um that you know Pit Pit, which is pretty well known in the indycar circle so that's been good for my fitness feel really good there and um, yeah, I always work very hard to minimize, I'll try and maximize every part of my profession. Um, and I think I've done a pretty good job with that over the off season. You started off the season in the best way possible last year. Yep. Is 
is that important to do again, or is it more the consistency throughout the whole year that's more yeah, important? Yeah, I think it's important just to get get going. Like, get, like last year, like our goal was like top seven. I mean, what we want to be top five or whatever, or at least win maybe. But uh, that was a bit of a surprise, you could say. I mean, not that we didn't believe it, but it was just like, oh, this is nice, and, and certainly get going. That was that was nice. So um, ideally, yes, I'd love to get off, off with a win, but I just want a solid race, get some good points, get out of here. What's your view on the length of the off season? Like it's been almost six months since we've had a race. Do, yeah. Do you enjoy having a chance to recharge, or would you rather stretch a little longer? Uh, look. I, I love the I love the off time that we have because I'm I'm one of the guys that sort of like getting away from the sport and just having a life outside of it, whether playing golf, hanging out with my mates or whatever. Um, but I think it would be nice to maybe have like a bit more testing or, or something like that. But I understand it's hard in the winter as well, so it's 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 hard. I think we've got to be careful with the football season and whatever. And I think for our ratings, I think we do the right thing in that term. But I'd love to maybe start a little bit earlier for sure, add a few more races that extend our season a little bit longer. And so, what is it going to take for you to win this weekend again? To repeat? Yeah. Yeah. You feel confident that this year is going to be as good as last year? Yeah, I have no doubt. I mean, we're you know we're rolling with a car very similar to last year, and it was a very good car. So, um, if we are slower, it just means that the teams around us have probably got better, or we just missed the mark. So, these practice sessions going to be really important to get on top of it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's going to take a lot of hard work. I mean, we are like it's it's IndyCar, you know, like it's people are just rebuilding and getting better and better over the, over the off season and getting better. So um, yeah, I think it's going to be uh, it's going to be a lot of hard work. But hopefully, we're there the, thereabouts. And what do you think of them dropping the double points for Indy? Um, I'm sort of there. You know, I don't really care. I mean, yes, it was nice when you know if you won, but I, I had two bad years and it impacted me. So I'm kind of happy about it. So. I think if the shoe's on one foot, it, it's nice. If the shoe's on the other, it's like, oh, that sucks, you know? So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, it's, 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 I think it's nice to have a championship that, you know, you, it's the same for every race. Yeah, the Indy 500 is important, but we all know why it's important. It's the history. It's, it's why we do it, you know? It's why, it's why it's so exciting. But I think eliminating the fact of making it such a big deal of, of the whole championship, I think, is a good thing. I think just keep it going and then... Uh, Everyone, if they get a chance to win the Indy 500, they're going to take it. And um, if you don't, if you get impacted by that negatively, uh, on my points thing, that sort of sucks. Could be crash or whatnot. So I, I think they've done a good thing. I, I, I don't mind it. Yeah. Did you get to New Zealand? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I went two weeks. Hung out on the farm there. There's no no cell service. Yeah, it's only only two weeks, but uh, yeah, no cell service. It was awesome. Yeah, like, <laughs> No one heard from me for ages. I thought I wasn't alive. Yeah, no, nah, yeah, I'm good. All right, thanks, good guys. So we've seen you in a number of roles across a number of series. You said that this car seems to be one of the most comfortable, and you know, obviously, for something in testing, we have more things to learn. How do you feel that this next step will position you for growth throughout your career? It's really important. I think, and a big actually decision oh, uh, maker as to why I've come out with, over here is 
I think the amount I can learn and develop over here is huge. Um, the seat time, the tracks we go to, the type of car uh, really helps with that and the team as well. So I feel like I can grow a lot. Um, ultimately, want to push towards that indie car, that made indie car seat. So uh, I feel in a good place to do that. Obviously, this is the first race of the year. You've only done tests, a little bit of testing, but what are your predictions for this year, or where do you want to be by the end of the year? Um, I obviously want to be as competitive as possible. I feel like I'm in a car that's capable of being up there, so obviously want to be stood on that podium. Um, whether that's you know realistic or not, I'll tell you after the weekend. I think just going to roll with it, take everything on board as I can, and yeah, we'll go from there. So you're obviously always. Pit Pass Moto, sponsored by Moto America, is the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. From candid interviews with the top names in racing to providing insights into the trends and trendsetters driving the motorcycle industry, we have you covered. New episodes are available every Thursday at pitpassmoto.com and on your favorite podcast app. Ride on! Hey there, and welcome to the Joy of Paddle podcast, hosted by me, Minter Dial, a veteran of the paddle tennis world, and sponsored by Paddle 1969. Whether you're a paddle tennis aficionado, just beginning, or have never even heard of paddle, or padel, as it's called in North America, this is an exhilarating new show that delves into the captivating stories of notable paddle personalities worldwide. In its inaugural season, you'll be treated to exclusive anecdotes, valuable tips, life lessons, and humorous moments shared by esteemed professional paddle players, industry insiders, and passionate paddle enthusiasts. With each season aligning with the Pro Tour, you can anticipate two engaging episodes per month. The Joy of Paddle Podcast is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, where you can find other great shows in a number of categories, such as sports, health and wellness, true crime, and fiction. To find out more about Evergreen Podcasts, go to www.evergreenpodcast.com. Vamos! Working with new teams every time you kind of jump series, how has it been working with the team that you have now? What have maybe been some of the strengths or things that you've learned in the last few weeks of testing? Really, really good. Really happy with the team. Uh, the culture, the environment, I'm very happy with. Um, they're working hard, they've got a lot of experience, so I think that's helped a lot. So, um, yeah, I feel very good about it. I just can't wait to get going now. Well, thank you so much. Well, in my own personal note, thank you for representing the women here. It's few and far between, so I really appreciate it, and have a good rest of your year. Thank you very much. Yeah, very, very excited to be here. It's a long off season, as everybody knows. So it would be great to, great to be back. So, okay. so, I heard bus pros, right? <laughs> yeah, people are yeah. What do you think of dropping the double points for the Indy 500? Uh, I think it's great. Happy to see it. Really happy to see it. I think it's long overdue. Was it something the drivers wanted, or was it something? I think the drivers wanted it from the very beginning once it got introduced. So. You know, we slowly worked back to the old point system, which is great. You, met, you got, you know, happy when you mentioned bus bros right there. Are you looking at doing more of an audio thing with that as well, or is it just going to stay video for now? Uh, I think it's probably, probably just keep it the same for now. Try and keep it light, not put too much work or, or pressure on it. So we'll probably keep it the same. 
as I was, you know, Hinch and Rossi had their podcast. Connor's yeah. got his deal. Are you thinking about doing anything like that or no? Not really. No. no. Not at the moment. Who takes the photography? You have someone that does that? Yeah, we've got, you know, we, we use Dream Digital, which is a, you know, a production company, a digital marketing company, and, and Brian Simpson, who, who heads that up, he does all of it for us. So we're kind of a team effort. We keep it really loose, really light. There's not a lot of effort, or at least from our side, we, we try not to put too much emphasis on it. You know, we got a race weekend to do. So the Bus Bros thing is just really a little fun. We keep it that way. How do you think the Bus Bros franchise really helps the indie franchise in general? Obviously, people are getting really into these audio video yeah. platforms. Do you think that it's bringing new fans over from other racing series or bringing new fans into racing in general? Oh, definitely. You know, I think, you know, all these forms of media are great now. You know, like like was just being asked, you know, Hinch and Rossi's podcast is fantastic. Um, Connor's podcast. I think the more forms of media that we have about IndyCar drivers or people within IndyCar is just it's great. You know, everybody should show more personality and show other sides of them outside of just the racing part. We love the racing part. And it's the most important thing for us when we show up to the weekend. But when you have all these other ways to engage with the paddock and the teams and the drivers, I think it's just, it elevates everything. Along that same vein, Connor was saying earlier that his Daytona 500 appearance, he, he got a lot of attention from that. And he was yeah. plugging the IndyCar side while he was doing that is the cross promotion within series is equally important as well, right? Yeah, I think it always has been, you know, but there's there's always been a desire for it. You know, you ask most racers, they, they'll want to run anything. It's really just the difficulty of putting it together nowadays. You know, it's to get the freedom to do what you want when you want is, is very sparse. You just don't, you don't see a lot of opportunities like that. So it's not from a lack of desire, but when it does happen, there's definitely a great knock on effect from it. You get great cross promotion. You know, seeing seeing uh, drivers from our series run other stuff is, is exciting and I think brings more eyeballs to our sport and vice versa. So you're going to try and do things like Daytona again next year? Oh, I've been always I, – I was trying to do Daytona for 10 years. So the fact that it got done um, this year was, I don't know, perseverance, I guess. But I, if I can do it again, I'm definitely going. Yeah. Are you going to do the 500? No, sorry, 24. And are you going to try and do it, though? Oh, I would love to. I don't, I don't know that I'll get that opportunity, but I, I – Man, it'd be a dream. It'd be a dream. Yeah. Between Daytona and St. Pete, are you becoming a Florida boy? A little bit. I love Florida. I spent a lot of time here. I'm from Tennessee. You know, Florida's like the place to go when you're from Tennessee for vacation. So um, I love it down here. You know, it's a great, great place to start the year. And this track specifically, what do you like about it? What you don't you like about it? I think it's the atmosphere here. You know, it's everybody's very engaged with IndyCar when we come down here. This city seems to light up for this weekend. And that's really what makes it. You know, when you have a community like this that supports the activity as much as they do with IndyCar, it just brings the whole atmosphere up and makes it a big event. So I think for us, it's a perfect place to kick off. I just want to get your opinion. There's fewer and fewer night races with IndyCar. This year, there's virtually none, not yeah. even like late afternoon races. Would, would you like to see some night races come back at places like Texas where it would be pretty easy to do? Yeah, I mean, if you're asking me, I, I would run every race under under the lights. I do love night racing. It's my favorite form of racing. Um, you know, it's not up to me, but but if it was, I would put them all under the lights. And also for you, the you had that crash at Iowa that uh, ended up injuring you a little bit. And yeah. the, there's been an updated attenuator this year. Do you feel like that's going to actually help in a real real world situation? Yeah, I think it's a good update for everybody. You know, it's funny. I don't, I don't know that it would have changed the outcome for my situation in Iowa because I can't really attribute it to the crash necessarily. Um, there was more to that story. 
But I, I think the, the Insinuator is a great progression. You know, obviously with IndyCar, you've seen year after year, they're always trying to continually update our safety standards. And this new version will be a step forward on, on that specific piece. And as far as you know, that was still just a one-off thing as far as your, your painting spell you had? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was, you know, there's a lot going on there. It was a hot day. You know, it was the second day in. There's maybe some dehydration. There's there's a lot that contributed to that, you know, outside of just the wreck itself. So, um, yeah, I think just the probably be hard to, to replicate all of those ingredients and circumstances. But if you did, then you might get it again. But it, it's just there was a lot involved in that. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Thank you. There's a chance of showers tomorrow, even that could be make it interesting, right? Well, it's Florida, man. I mean, I feel like there's a <laughs> yeah. chance of flow, like chance of shower no matter where you are. You mentioned yeah. turning the page on 2022, how difficult of a process was that? Because there were a lot of negatives. Well, it depends how I look at it. I mean, there was, but I still get to live a pretty amazing life. Uh, you know, and you can dwell on the bad for as long as you want, really. And, you know, I, I went back to the UK for a couple of weeks after the season finished. Um, you know, left there, well, okay, let's go and get after it. So I didn't dwell very long. And then, you know, in truth, when January came in, I was like, right, let's, let's really, let's do it. Uh, but I mean, I would say two weeks after the season, I was, well, three weeks after the season, I was ready to get after it again. What's been the biggest change for you this year to get up to move things ahead, ahead of last year? I mean, it's not any just like one thing. There's a lot of like little bits. And I think that's what IndyCar racing is at the minute is, you know, it's being the best in 10 areas, looking for 1% gain in all 10 areas. And uh, there isn't probably one major standout thing. Uh, it's just a lot of little details that we have to put together. Have you ever wanted to know how to win a Formula One Grand Prix? I mean, really know. Know about the driver tactics from the cockpit, the strategy calls from the pit wall, and even the mind games in the paddock. There's a lot more that goes into winning a Grand Prix than just 90 minutes of racing. So every week on the F1 Strategy Report, we're taking a deep dive into the decisions that shape every result. Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato, and every week I'm joined by an expert guest from the paddock to talk through the big calls that won the race and the missteps that resulted in bitter defeat. Before every race, we'll look back at the previous year's result and consult the current form guide, and we'll be in your feed after every Grand Prix dissecting the outcome and what it means for the championship. So for your regular hit of Formula One analysis, subscribe to the F1 Strategy Report wherever you get your favourite podcasts. The Strategy Report is a beer mogul podcast on the Evergreen Podcasts Network. My name's Michael Laminato, and I'll catch you after the chequered flag.